All right, welcome in. It is episode 82 of the Three Guys Talking Ball podcast. It is the Kyle Rudolph edition. I thought about going Jason Witten, but since it is Minnesota sports themed, and we have, I'm surprised you didn't. Well, you know what? You gotta, you gotta I'm go, surprised. go with the, uh, with the, go with the trends here. So, you know, I'm, you know, there's plenty of other great cowboys that are coming up here in the 80s that we can say. So, got more. To- <laughs> For the love of God. Am I watching the History Channel? Yes, you are. It feels like it. <laughs> but like we said, we have we, we finished up the history of heartbreak last week, and Dan has watched every single one of our breakdowns of the book. So he's gonna be drilling us about our, our awful takes. Maybe we have some good ones. We have um and you know it was it was a fun book to read. Some some enjoyable. Def, if you listened to everyone like we did, we pr- probably reopened up some wounds. Uh, there's a few that my dad remembers. He uh, the the Steve Young run that Grant and Ethan were not didn't understand why it was in the book. That's but, on my list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. So Dan, welcome on. We appreciate the time um, and congratulations to you. Your second book, because you are a best-selling author on Amazon, I believe. I do. I remember when we had Ross. Uh, you you were on Ross Brendel's show a couple times. Yeah, uh, he yeah he mentioned that a couple of times. And um, you know, his second book is a slap shot in time about the Saint Paul Fighting Saints, which is a great book. Yep, there it is, and. If you if you if you enjoyed this book, you'll enjoy that second book. Even if you are not a hockey fan, I am not a hockey fan. I read it in about a week, so it is a great book. It's any if you're historical sports nerd, a Minnesota sports nerd like most of us are, you're you're gonna enjoy it. So Dan, welcome on. I appreciate you uh, coming on with us. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, I, I really enjoyed the way you guys. Uh, you know, I've done interviews and I've never seen anybody break the book down by chapter i just thought that was really unique and innovative i thought it was a fun idea that you guys did i don't know if you've done it with other books and everything but i think it's really cool good idea no this was our this was act this was our first book and it just so happened twitter is usually often a cesspool but every once in a while you get you get Sorry something that. good Sometimes that comes across uh, oh believe me i've i've gotten my fair share of uh, of twitter things <laughs> Sometimes people take things way too serious, but Dan reached out to me after I tweeted out all the books I read back in 2022 and said that I was missing his book. So <laughs> the guy's going to take the time out to, and I'm not even sure how he stumbled upon me tweeting these out or anything like that, but you're going to tweet me. It's like, yeah, I'm, I, I might as well go read it. And then turns out he had history of heartbreak. We, uh, we knew this was some time that was coming up where, there weren't a lot of sports going on. The twins are very, you know, twins. Like they're the twins is best best way to describe it. So we thought, you know what? Let's let's bring in the summer. Let's bring in. Let's all read a book. We break it down chapter by chapter. This book is it's also very easy to read and just to, cool to learn about because there were a lot of things in it that we didn't even know about as well, such as the John Wooden, the John Wooden almost yeah, becoming the Gophers yeah. head coach. Uh, I like the kind of the backstory of why the North stars left Minnesota, uh, you know, um, 
some of the the Vikings, the the Steve Young run, um, and just a couple of other ones too, or the or the the criticism of the uh, of Hazeltine Golf Course. So very uh, very interesting. And um, I don't know if we we might have to do a second book club on your uh, your next book at some point down the road too. I love that. That's uh, the second one is uh, it's not like as uh, it's an actual, I like to say it's an actual book. The first book is like a bathroom book. Like you can read it like one little story at a time, you know, while you're in the bathroom. <laughs> this the second one's an actual book book with chapters and things, you know? So um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty proud of the second one. We just, uh, we just hit a thousand, like half an hour before I, uh, we logged on here. We, we hit a thousand. So that was kind of a personal accomplishment for me. So well, that's cool. Yeah, that that is awesome. So, how did how did the inspiration for this uh, this book co- come about? You know what what made you decide that you were gonna write a uh, write a book about Minnesota's uh, shortcomings? Well, it all kind of, and I'll try to not make this a really long story here, but it all starts back with uh, one night I was watching. I don't know what you guys watch. I'm sure, assuming you guys watch uh, ESPN Thirty for Thirties, right? Um, I was yep. watching the one on Believe Land, the Cleveland you know, how all the heartbreaks that they have and all the, the bad things that have happened in Cleveland sports. And they have, if you've watched it, you know, they kind of have their own little kind of mile markers of where, you know, they call it the, the, the drive, the fumble, the trade. And then they're going through all these major, major events and pretty much every event they laid out as I'm sitting there watching this, they laid out an event that I'd be like, wait, Minnesota has, that same event, if not worse. Like, for example, they talk about the trade. For them, it was trading, Cleveland trading Rocky Colavito, you know? And um, how can you argue trades uh, with a Minnesota fan? We got the Herschel Walker trade. Um, <laughs> they talk about how uh, the, the you know, uh, Ernest Beiner fumbled on the goal line in that AFC championship game. That exact same day um, um, was the same day that Darren Nelson fumbled on the goal line in the NFC championship game. Um, in one scene, they talk about how the, uh, the, the Cavaliers were owned by an evil, evil owner, Ted Stepien, who had trained on all the team's draft picks away and, and was just a bad owner. And their hero owner, uh, came in, the, the gun brothers came in and bought the team from them and they were considered heroes. They even named the arena, the gunned arena after these guys. Well, those are the same two guys that tried to take the North stars away. So, I'm watching this and I'm sitting here going, wait a second, you know, we may be more heartbroken than you guys. Right. So I kind of, at first I wrote it as like a letter. I wrote, I wrote a letter to uh, the, the, uh, the Andy Billman, the director of the movie, like as like a, you know, challenging him, you know? Um, and it turned into this little kind of mini documentary that I wanted to make like a little film, which is on YouTube, Minnesota, the film, um, and then, um, I started doing some writing and putting a blog together and I'm sure you guys both follow super 70 sports, right? Super 70 sports. I don't player. know if I follow. I've seen it. I've seen it. Yeah. Grant, 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 uh, doesn't have Grant, uh, is unable to log into his Twitter account right now. So he, <laughs> well, he hasn't I, I, been on Twitter. He he's, he's the smart one of us and our, uh, is, isn't on Twitter. Probably a blessing in disguise over this last year, guys, it's been fantastic. It's, it's, I can't, I can't even express how great it has been that my old college email was what set up my Twitter account and I haven't used that email in seven years. So the course of people at Twitter are like, he's not a famous celebrity. Who cares about this guy from Minnesota? You have to create a new account. And I was like, 
nah, that's not for me. So well, it's, it's anyways, the super 70 sports guy, he put out like one day, like on this day, 50 years ago, Jim Marshall ran the wrong way. And I was like, Oh, you know, that's Minnesota sports kind of blunder history, you know, and kind of right up my alley. I said, somebody should really make a calendar of all the bad things that happen in Minnesota sports. Wait a second. That's kind of me. If I want to do this as a bit, that should really be me. So I put this whole calendar together month by month, day by day. And I tweeted out every day. And one weekend, Dan Barrero on KFAN was asking for people's, you know, most heartbreaking and, and calamitous moments. And I sent him the calendar. At that point, I called it the Minnesota Sports Disappointment Calendar. He renamed it the Calamity Calendar because he uh, he likes, you know, alliteration. But he looked at it and he's like, oh, my God, this I want to use this. And he created a bit, uses still uses it to this day. And And then I got on the air one day and I got a book offer and it just kind of took off from there. Kind of fell in my lap. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah, that that is that is that is cool. Cause you still you still post, you know, daily things that have happened in Minnesota sports, whether it be on your Twitter or Instagram, I believe, which is very very cool. Facebook A lot of too, things yeah. you don't and and Facebook, yep. Um, I guess I don't I don't follow you on Facebook, but that that'll have to change after this. But no, like, no, you know, honestly, I, Twitter's where I do most of the stuff. I try, you know, I feel okay. like the other two are necessary evils because I still can't figure out Instagram. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm 50 years old. I'm too old for that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. I I'm still trying to figure that one out too. I've somewhat figured out uh, Twitter, especially just r- running all the running all of our pages. Sure. Trying to figure out Instagram is the one that I have yet to really crack into and try well, to figure it out. It's most links. Like they don't let you post yeah. a link. So you can, but it has to be in like your, you have to share it to your story and then you can post the link in there. Yeah. It's still, awesome. it's still, it's still, cause there's a lot of times too, where I've, where I, I I'll post like I'll, when I'll post our episode, I'll post a snippet of the interview and then I will, uh, and then I'll, I'll post a link to, you know, whether it be, so this podcast will be, it'll be YouTube, Instagram, wherever. So I'll just, post it with Linktree, but like with when I do conversation Monday, which is just on YouTube, I, I just don't post the YouTube, but you have to go in and p- share the link. And then there's sometimes I'm doing it because I have my regular day job. Right. I'm doing it in in between stops and I'm trying to hurry and then you forget and then you got to delete it, go back. And then sometimes, you know, the way my brain works or doesn't work for this matter, you know, you do the same thing over again. You forget to post the link, and then you got to delete it again, and then go put the link in. Hey, third time's a charm. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Learning. That's curve. right. But so you know, because um, there, 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 there's been a lot more than a hundred events oh. of torture in Minnesota sports. How did you, you know, what was you know, you talked about uh, your top twelve was decided on a Twitter poll. Correct. Here. And you know if how, it was me, how the North you... Stars leaving would have been number one. By the way, I got overruled on that. Okay, okay. Um, well, I, I since you brought it up, if you had to do your top twelve moments or the dirty dozen, what would you put oh, as God. your top twelve? I don't know if I could do twelve, but I, I, uh, for me personally, the uh, the North Stars leaving. I think, uh, I think this whole project that I started uh, is kind of like just an ode to them, like just trying to find that history and get my, cause I, once they left, I just kind of lost interest in hockey a little bit, you know, and I hate to say that, but 
um, they just, them, them leaving, they took a little bit of me with them. So, and that kind of turned out to be, uh, a little bit of a contention between me and the, the publisher. And I want to speak too poorly of the publisher, but we didn't see eye to eye on some things. And that was one of them. So that's why it was decided to do a poll instead of, uh, me putting my rankings out there. Um, but I would say the next, you know, kind of the next one for me was 2009 Brett Favre. That was the one that really broke me. Um, I was, I was believing again, I was drinking the Kool-Aid and, you know, I just, I, I, I felt like I had gotten dumped after that game. Like I got, you know, dumped by a girl that I really, you know, I just, it, I was sick to my stomach for a week. I mean, just, this is, it's sports. You don't get not eat for two weeks over a stupid football game, but it's just like, that one broke me. And, and it re- kind of like, if you think of like comic books and evil villains and their origin stories, I feel like that would be, that game was my origin story. Cause now I just, I don't believe anymore. I won't believe until the, the game seven is final out is caught by the Minnesota twins out. You know what I mean? I'm just, I'm not buying in anymore. It's too, too hurtful. Or like if the Vikings ever win a Super Bowl the purple and gold confetti is falling. It's like, yes. <laughs> oh no, this is real. This, this is happening. I don't have to turn yeah. the Xbox off or it's not a dream. This is happening. hundred percent. Did you know? And that was one thing I think you guys brought up when you were talking about the uh, Gary Anderson thing. Did you know that there, there were actually newspapers printed that said they had won and they were going to the Super Bowl. I've seen, I have photos of it. We've tweeted them out, but that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. I just, I can't do it anymore. I just, I, I refuse to believe, I, you know, like, and not to this extent, but like in the, the NBA finals, when the Spurs played the heat in 2013 with like 12 seconds left, they were putting caution tape up over the state uh the seats. They were so taping fan, up the uh, Spurs t- locker room. Yeah. So, so then fans couldn't get on the court and they could celebrate. And even I heard a story from, uh, from Devin McCourty, in 2018, Patriots Dolphins, the miracle in Miami, that was a hat and T-shirt game. <laughs> the Patriots are up, was it what four points? The Dolphins are at the negative 35 yard line. They got hats and T-shirts all up the locker room because they think, oh, the game's over. There's four seconds left. The Dolphins, they're not going to do this. And then out of nowhere, the equipment guy comes running in the room and he goes, "Take the fucking hats down. Take them down." They're like, "What do you mean? We lost the game." <laughs> <laughs> what? The, take him down before Bill gets in and he kills us all. <laughs> no kidding. That equipment guy would have been fired for sure. Or oh gosh, even, that would uh, have been awful. Um, the the '86 World Series with the the Bill Buckner game. Oh yeah. Because oh, I remember yeah. Bob Costas telling a telling a story about how how that happened. They had everything all set up and then goes through his legs and. Well, just That's two years the rest ago, we history. had the Timberwolves blow a 17-point lead with 45 seconds left. I mean, it's Minnesota sports. You can't, <laughs> you have, and you have to, here's the thing. You can sit there and you can get upset about it. And that's kind of where I'm at with it is like, you can let you, I like, I choose to laugh at it at this point, you know, cause it's healthier. And it's just at this point, it's like, how can you not laugh at it when it happens again? It inevitably will again, you know, it's going to. Uh... Yeah. And cause I, I don't know. Um, Grant talked about it. Um, his high school football coach said that he, he was at the game in 90. I don't know if you were or not, Dan, I was not, but he's he, okay. But he said that 
he sat in the in his chair for two hours after the game, just mm-hmm. in shock. And and I was I had just celebrated my fourth birthday the day before that. So I don't really remember a whole lot of it. Like I said, I the only thing I remember is my dad coming up to me and saying Gary Anderson missed the kick and he hasn't missed all year. And uh and then I remember a few years later, I had a buddy's dad that was at the game. And when Gary, I guess, was running out, fans were chanting Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. But the other part, too, is, is that I was shocked by is they make this, this Falcons team out to be like, you know, some like barely snuck in, barely a 500 team. But they were in their own two, way, I, Minnesota was still was still a Yeah, they were 14 and do. Minnesota still was the better team, but. They they talk about this Falcons team like they were you know a bunch of scrubs the, the Seattle Seahawks this year. Um, to, what to what do you remember the most about that '98 game? Or the '98 championship? Yeah. Well, it just it was one of the most prolific offenses in NFL history, and Denny Green took a I'm not going to swear took a knee. It's man, it still <laughs> turns and screws me. Still turn. We had 30 seconds. I think we had a couple timeouts and we, it was like second down. He, he took one shot to Moss and we still had 30 seconds on the clock with one of the most prolific offenses in NFL history. And you took a knee. Oh my God. It, 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 oh. Um, I, I think too, I, I mentioned this in the book. Um, I was trying to be funny before the game, joking with my friends. Hey, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be funny if Gary Anderson missed a field goal? <laughs> Spoken into existence, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> so that one might be on me. That well, so when we had Ross on, we uh in the 2017 NFC Championship game after after they went right down the field and they score, uh, Keenum hit Rudolph in that on that corner route for a touchdown. Ross said, "We're doing this. We're going to the Super Bowl." And then 38 straight points by Philly happened. It's. <laughs> At some point, the Minnesota fans will learn, but um, you know, you talked about the, uh, the the North Stars being number one. What was what was it about the North Stars, or what was it about, um, I guess, hockey that really um, was such a was such a driving force for you for writing the book and um, what you know? Because I I live in Western North Dakota. Hockey is not a big thing here. <laughs> It's like I I went to a couple of games up at UND in college just because I had friends that went there and they're they're fun games to go do. Now I make fun of them. It's fine. But, you know, how, um, you know, hockey seems to be a very big, big, seem to be a very, I can't talk words, very big influence in your life. Well, first of all, I think you guys are all NDSU guys, right? So go buy them, right? Yes. Yes. Go buy them. Um, but, uh, you know, when I was a kid, I just, that's, you know, you come home from school in the winter, you go down to the park, you, 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 you put your skates on, you, you're playing boot hockey, you're playing, you know, just, that's what we did until our parents called us to come home at night and, and everybody played hockey and everybody, you know, just, and, and I had, my parents were friends, um, God, I'm going to name drop here, but my parents, if you've ever heard it, been in St. Paul and you know, the, the Mancini's restaurant is a classic, uh, Italian, uh, you know, family and, and Charhouse Steakhouse right off of West 7th by the, uh, the, uh, 
the XL there. Um, my parents were friends with them and, and Marianne Mancini, the, the wife of Nick who owned the place. Um, she just, she used to take, she always felt bad for me because when we go to these functions with family and stuff like that, I'd be the kind of nerdy little kid sitting in the corner by myself. And she knew I liked hockey. So she used to take me to North stars games all the time. So I spent a lot of my childhood at Met center. Um, and I even went to like strikers games and like events there. So Met center was, like I never went to Met Stadium, the baseball stadium, um, um, because that was man, you know, I was born in the early '70s. They were already talking about tearing that down before I could really even remember anything. So I never got to go there. But Met Center was just kind of like that's where I went to see sports teams. And and when the North Stars left, like I said, it was just it was really hard. I was like, what the heck? Why are they leaving? They just were in the Stanley Cup, and it was just hockey was a big part of our lives as a as a kid. Okay. Yeah. I, that, cause you know, Minnesota is nicknamed the state of hockey that and leaving it to, and cause I know you said you still have a shirt that says Norm green still sucks. I have two. Um, Oh, you have two. Okay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. But you know, the, the little bit I've read on it and then I've watched your documentaries there, there there's part of it that you could argue that it, it was his fault. But the other part was, is, is the Metropolitan Sports Commission who refused and they they've seemed to be kind of the uh, the wall that always uh, Minnesota sports run into because at some point every every Minnesota sports team has threatened to leave or has left um, you know how much what if you had to you know do a percentage of blame between Norm Green and the metropolitan sports commission what would you kind of place that blame at um actually the uh, kind of an interesting fact that um you may not be aware of the real reason the north stars left when they built the stadium they built met center they built it on bloomington city land and bloomington and i dug this up they have a clause in their city charter that no i don't, I don't know if i'm wording it right but no public entity can own property on their land or something like that um so these seven guys who who got the franchise for the north stars they paid themselves no public funding they paid themselves to build that stadium to met built met center and immediately once upon it being built because of that clause in the bloomington charter they had to turn it over to the metropolitan sports commission for a dollar and then they were forced to pay rent in the stadium that they built. And that is the underlying cause of the North stars moving 23, 20, what is it? 26 years down the road. Um, because every year they had to negotiate rent. And then the, the Metropolitan sports commission wanted to force them downtown uh, because they wanted the land for the, the mall of America and all that. And they wanted to force them into the target center and sharing and pay rent at the, uh, with the Timberwolves there. And so, I mean, I know people like to look at Norm Green as a villain, and he certainly is. And like I said, I have two of those shirts. And to this day, I will say Norm Green still sucks because he will always be remembered as the person who literally moved the team. But he really didn't have a choice. He really didn't. Yeah. Well, and I feel like Grant has told me this um, because Dallas ended up going to win a Stanley Cup a few years after they moved there. And I want to say it was Mike, Mike Madonna who, who said that if they stayed in Minnesota, they wouldn't have won, won the Stanley cup. Do you <laughs> believe that to be true? 
Um, boy, I don't know. I don't know. See, so here's the other part about that is, and I think yesterday was just the anniversary of, or no, it was, t- was it today. It was today was the anniversary of the C- uh, uh, Cleveland Barons and the North Stars merging in 1978. Well, the Gun Brothers, who again we alluded to in that, you know, uh, 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 Believe Land documentary, um, they got tired up of the Metropolitan Sports Commission not allowing them to to kind of expand the Met Center and put luxury boxes in and things, and they were going to move the team to to um, San Jose, which they eventually did. But Lou Nanny negotiated a deal where they could do a, a what is it? Uh, a dispersal draft. I can't think of the name of the term right now, but basically where the the roster was split into two teams, one for the San Jose Sharks and one for the North Stars. And that happened a week after the game seven of the Stanley Cup final with the the Penguins in 91. So that whole roster was divided into two. So the San Jose Sharks went their way and the North Stars kept moving forward. So I don't know. I don't, I I don't know if that's necessarily a, well, what did you say? He said Madano said they wouldn't have done it. Maybe I don't know. Um, yeah, I I know it would have been tough when you lose half your roster and all your prospects and all your farm. You know what I mean? That's got to be tough to recover from. Yep. Yeah, I get, and I didn't even know that that was that that happened, and maybe that makes sense as to why they why it was. But um, you know, you talked about your, your childhood was going to a lot of Met Center games. What do you remember the most about that place? Oh, the atmosphere. Um, I love that it wasn't like like a huge multi-tiered like stadium. Like, uh, you know, you go to the XL now, not that the XL isn't great, but, you know, you're some of the, the angles, you're like looking straight down, you know, whereas in Met Center, it was just kind of more of a, you know, relaxed kind of atmosphere, just the parking lot was fun, you know, just, I don't know. I just, we went to a lot of events there that were like non hockey related. Like we would go to, um, we should get us tickets for some of these, uh, like carnivals where the, uh, the sports, the players were like running the games and you'd get to like, I bowled against some of the North star players. And, and so I remember a lot of that stuff and meeting some of the players and, and getting, I mean, I was what, in the mid eighties, I was 10, 11, 12. Um, so my memories aren't that clear. Um, but yeah, like just getting souvenirs. And I remember I had a big North stars, number one, those big foam fingers and, you know, collecting the cups, you know, you'd get the cups with the players on them and every game I'd get a different cup and just kid stuff, you know, stupid kid stuff. I don't remember a lot about the individual games, <laughs> you know, cause you're 10, 11, 12. Um, but just, just being there and being a kid, that's what I remember and enjoying every minute of it. How how loud would that place get? Pretty loud. I mean, uh, what it, what could hold 13,000, 14,000? No, more towards 15. I think they expanded it at one point to get higher. Um, my numbers are off. But, yeah, it would get it would get pretty loud. Um, so if you go to Ikea now, do they have anything in there that says uh, no. shows like, like similar to what they have at the Mall of America with – where a Harmon Killebrew's right. home run is, they don't they don't have anything like that at the IKEA there. So the misnomer is not misnomer. The uh, the myth is that IKEA is right where the Met Center was. It actually isn't. It's uh, IKEA is actually to the west, about a hundred yards. 
like when we did my we did like a signing for my first book we like tried to find the exact spot where met center was and we put a table out and it's in a parking lot to the you know to the like we had to cop some barriers in the mall of america parking lot there but it's it's you know a couple football fields uh to the to the uh, east of ikea so they're close but uh not exactly on the same exact geographic spot okay but now, yeah, they now should, Grant, you've been they should put a bench there or something just right in the middle of that parking lot like where the north stars you know their their players box was they should have like a bench you know, just some memorial. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Grant, you've been pretty quiet here. I've been hogging all the questions, so I'll let you uh, go ahead and fire away here. So like I said, I'm just wondering, you know, you said kind of when the North Stars left, you kind of lost your love for hockey a little bit. Yep. Um, if the Wild can ever kind of turn this around, will you kind of maybe start to get on that bandwagon again, or is it just almost feel like such a, a score and lover where it's like, you just maybe can't do it. You're just so attached um, to the North stars. It's, it's a tough question. I, I like that the wild have been starting to finally recognize some of that history. Like for years, they've um, kind of in, you know, in their defense, they're trying to create their own identity and kind of maybe separate themselves a little bit. So I get that, mm-hmm. but like, you know, this year they, you know, their past couple of years, they've started to have some North stars throwbacks and they, heck, they even did a Fighting Saints night this year for the 50th anniversary. I mean, they literally play on the grave of the Fighting Saints. So um, I'm starting to get back into it more. But I think at this point, kind of like I said, I just, the you know, I it'll take me a while to believe in any of our teams. But, yeah, I'm, I'm watching the Wild, and I'm paying attention, and I'm listening to the post-game stuff on the radio. And, and you know, I follow them. Uh, I don't know that I'm um, 100% in. Like I am, you know, with the the Vikings, I'm always a hundred, you know, hundred percent following. I should say, not necessarily believing that they're going to win or anything. But uh, um, I I would say at this point, I'm more of a casual Wild fan, you know. But I do watch pretty much every game unless it's at nine o'clock on a, you know, freaking Tuesday night when I got to work at you know at seven, six in the morning, you know. Tuesday night uh, in Edmonton, it's like, hey, maybe not. Well, I'm talking about the playoff games, you know, oh, just like, mm-hmm. you know, it's 930. You're playing this game. They do it every year. Like it's with Chicago, the one you a couple of years. Who is it this year we play? I can't even remember. I forgot already, but it was central. To, it was Dallas. Dallas. There's such yep. a time time zone yeah. games. Why are we playing at 930? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Well, yeah, because yeah, everyone on the East Coast, they get to start at seven their time, six over here. Yeah, we're flyover we have, country. You know, and we got to wait until 845. Right. Well, if and that's the scheduled time, they don't drop the puck till like nine oh five, right? Tell, so, exactly, because oh, yeah. the other game's going into going into overtime. We got to wait. We're going to push this one back a little bit here. Yeah, it's like jeepers. And hockey games, people. they move those along so so efficiently too, where never never goes into overtime, and when it does, it certainly doesn't go the full length. You know, if you well, I think there was, was there one this year. It went three three or four overtimes. There was. I don't remember. It was it was game one, Carolina, Florida, guys. Yep. And, yeah, that's, Florida that's right. scored with like nine. Was, I want it was it nine seconds left in the fourth <laughs> overtime, so they played two games in a period. Yeah, <laughs> it's and then they had to turn around and play again the next day. Well, essentially the te- next day. Te- te- I'm guessing yeah, the game the next... didn't get over until after midnight. Th- right. It was like two o'clock Eastern time, Dylan. Oh, it was it was gross. two a two a.m. in Raleigh because I think technically it started like eight o'clock their time. You know, seven seven here, so. You know, the 14 fans that are in the stadium are sitting here like this. Like, 
<laughs> and then and then to watch Florida win, it's like we stayed six hours in this arena and our home team didn't even win. Like, dude, yeah. I just like I talk about a knife to the heart because it's like yeah. I'm calling in sick tomorrow, but it's it's fine because I'm not going to get home until four in the morning. Didn't like Florida. I think Florida likes put out, you know, on their social media, they put out like a letter excusing students like mm-hmm. dear yeah. principal, <laughs> insert the blank excuse so-and-so he was up watching hockey all night. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> That's needed. I wish, I wish I could get get away with that at, at my work, but me too. Maybe one of these days I've been, I've been pushing to, you know, just have somebody else do my job and, you know, we just do a bunch of golf scrambles and I just work on my golf game so I can be old reliable and, and we can compete and do well in the golf scrambles, but they haven't gone for that either. It's unbelievable. You know, Dylan, you think your boss would be a little looser on that? He, his, the Chiefs have won two Super Bowls in the last four years. He should be in a good place right now. Make you happy. Share you the love think. a little bit. Share the love a little bit, Clint. Come on. Yeah, I exactly. <laughs> he He's still a little bit upset that I, I, I didn't uh, – that I, I didn't go through with the uh, the cornrow bet, but it was uh, if, if it went to if it went into a court of law, it wouldn't hold up because he did try to take advantage of me after a few too many uh, well, alcoholic beverages. And that's that's disturbing. But I need to know more about this. So please tell me <laughs> off camera. <laughs> well, we, we it was after work. We, we rarely we rarely ever go out for beers. So, but we went out and what do you, you normally know, go out? What do you normally go out off? and get a Mountain Dew with your boss? <laughs> no, we just we just don't. And uh, we or no, we we got the we got a simulator at a bar because we we landed a we we got a landed. It was a huge deal. We got this big account, and it was you know a way of like you know, cheers having a. We took the afternoon off. We went and golfed at a, at a simulator because it's North Dakota and we don't get on the course until may same thing and, here big dog yep and we uh you know we're, the beer was tasting phenomenal it's one of them beers that just tastes better than normal and you know we just keep drinking and drinking and we my buddy isaiah who was a raiders fan we all were kind of just teaming up against the against the chiefs and i had it was right after the tyree kill trade i had this idea and i i just said it like Thinking, yeah, there's no way the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl. And I was like, if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, I'll get cornrows. And he's like, okay. And he shakes my hand. <laughs> and and then all of a sudden, it was like, the more I thought about it, I was like, yeah, I, it's Pat Mahomes. They're going to be just fine. And they were. And by the end, by the end of when it got to Super Bowl Sunday, I was picking the Chiefs to win it all. So, just shows how. And, and between that and the pancake bet, it was. A pretty rough couple of weeks for me. Oh, that pancake bet. Have you, will you ever be able to take a pancake down ever again? Or are you like a scorned pancake eater, like dance scorned hockey lover? You just you can't, can't I, do it. I, I don't, I can barely have anything with syrup. I, when we were down, when I was down in Mexico, I, I tried having French toast. I tried having French toast and it was still like, it's just, this doesn't taste very good at all. I, I'm I'm just good with toe. I think I think the next time I'm gonna have syrup is when we go to Waffle House when I'm down in Nashville in a couple of weeks. That'll be my the next time I have something with syrup. Well, something it always tastes better when there's a chance you're getting gonna get physically assaulted afterwards. So why not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but 
I spoke back back to the book here. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, so, I do. I have a tendency yeah, to do we, that. Dan, Dan, it. Um, I I don't know how many of the episodes you've listened to, but we we just kind of we just talk like we're just sitting at a bar having a conversation. Sometimes I, we get I off topic. To sometimes the, we don't. All the, the book ones, and I I get the bit. I like it. <laughs> That's good. So. You know, when you're deciding on these books, did you have uh, was there a best of the rest? Did you have a list a list of them that list of events that didn't make the cut? I, I don't know if I have a necessarily a list of those that don't make the cut, but I mean, you know, you mentioned it earlier. There's way more than a hundred. Can I add, add one now? What's that? I I have one I can add. Ooh, so this we'll go to the 20, 2016 NBA draft. The Timberwolves have the fifth pick. The Denver Nuggets have the seventh pick. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we'll just take shit. Chris Dunn. The Nuggets take Jamal Murray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have we have quite a few of those Timberwolves draft blunders on there. Um, I think we're at over 400 at this point. So, like, when we were narrowing this down for the book, like, you know, like you guys know I'm a teacher. So, um, you know, me and my buddies at school, we kind of like you guys do, we'd get together for lunch. And uh, we're we're sitting there and we would debate. And that was kind of one of the things you guys were wondering why certain things were were on the list. Well, we one of our criteria was if you lost a conference championship game, you know, whether you got blown out. I think you guys were talking about the 41 donut one. And you're kind of wondering why that was really heartbreaking because it was just a blowout. Well, it's a conference championship game, you know, and, and, you know, Minnesota hasn't uh, been to a Super Bowl since what, 1978. So in our minds, a conference championship, that's, that's for sure going to get on there. So we had a list of kind of criteria of what we thought would be on there. And then we kind of did a vote amongst ourselves um, and we, we narrowed it down. And, and then even then there was some, like, I still want it in there. And again, kind of going back to that, you know, back and forth with the publisher. So that's why those quick hits are in there. Mm. You guys, it's not really, yep. you know, and, and you have to remember not all, I think uh, it was Ethan that's, you know, why is that a heartbreak? Well, not all of them are heartbreaks. This whole thing started out as a calamity calendar, just like anything bad happening. Like, you know, so just the name of the book came out as history of heartbreak. So um, and even like that heartbreak meter, there's a couple, and I agree with you guys on a, you're like, why does that only have like one heartbreak? And I'll, I'll be honest with you. That was another thing that was a back and forth with the publisher. And at that point I was just like, okay, whatever you, if you're doing that, you go, I don't even care about the heartbreak meter at this point. I'm not even going to, that's not the battle I'm going to fight here. So I got those little quick hit things in there. Um, as opposed to like a full kind of story about the, you know, heartbreak and all that because something like you know like you think there's the one about you know burt blylevin swearing on t it's not a heartbreak (laughs) but you know it's still awesome and totally calamitous and just so minnesota sports and and um trying to think of some that you know i honestly i haven't read my own book in a long time so i'm not even remembering what isn't in there but i know there's been some that have happened since the book came out there was that seattle game we lost to seattle we blew that one. There's like we mentioned earlier, there's that Timberwolves game that, that we 17 points. I think it was like in 45 seconds. Like you can go back to basketball reference and go back through the minute by minute and just watch the Timberwolves blow the game. And it's just like, well, and even, so, yeah, I mean, it keeps the- writing itself. It's you know funny. Sorry, Grant, let me just finish this thought. Um, 
a friend of mine suggested that we put blank pages at the end of the book so people could write their own in as things happened. And I just, I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Uh, the publisher, you know, looking at page count and how much that would cost wasn't really for it, but I, I still think it's a great idea and fans could like write their own, Oh, you know, 2022, the Vikings blew this game or, you know, the Gophers, you know, chunked another one. And so, yeah, I just, uh, um, I wish we would have been able to do that. That would have been really cool. Well, yeah, and Dan, to your point, like with that blank page, go back to the 2022 playoff series against Memphis. Was it in game three, had a 20-point lead the first half, blew that, nice. had another 20-point lead, blew that again. I think every loss in that series, we were up by like 10 or 15 points going into the fourth quarter. And I think and, it was the first time in NBA history that a double-digit yeah. lead had been blown twice. <laughs> twice in the same game, and then to do it the next game. And then I, I think, was it what, game five in Memphis, they gave that one away. And then also game yeah. six, it's like, yeah, it's Minnesota. It's the only thing you can say. Well, and you're reminding me, too, that since we put the book out, the Timberwolves have become the losingest franchise in North American history. Mm-hmm. With the Bucks have surpassed us. <laughs> Thanks, Tom Brady. Well, Ross said that he said that they are the most irrelevant franchise. I can't remember what the way he described the Wolves. I don't know if Grant, you remember it. Was but it irrelevant he, or inept? The way he worded it. Or the, yeah. either, the most inept professional organiza- organization in professional sports. They, that's my goal. Yeah, that's what it was. My flush more. That uh, yeah, that is, and we'll we'll get to that here yeah. in a little bit. But that that is a good one too. I, you know, there there there's a few of them. There's I have some honorable men. I have a couple of honorable mentions on it as well. But, um, you know, so you said you you were never able to see a game at Met Stadium. Never. No. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. I was going to ask if you had memories memories of that. Um, I I really enjoy going and looking at old abandoned or old stadiums. Uh, do you, have, do you know anything about the, the Minneapolis auditorium at all? A little all? bit. The Lakers played there. Um, and, yep. um, it's, uh, trying to think the Lakers played there. They also played at the armory and they also played in St. Paul. Like they, that was kind of <laughs> one of the things that kind of killed the Lakers is they never had a permanent home. Um, that's what I meant. The armory, the armory, that's the one that's downtown, right? That's 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 what I was wondering. That's why I paused for a second. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I meant was the the armory. Yeah. Cause they just re put in a bunch of money into that too. Didn't they? Yeah, They they do it for concerts now. They have a lot of shows and and music uh, performances there. Okay. And now, now, now we're kind of getting into the, uh, getting into the Metrodome here. Do you, um, I'm you, you, I'm sure you've went to countless, countless games there, whether it be Gophers, Twins, Twins Vikings. Yep. Uh, do you, do you have a, any, you know, you mentioned a few of the, uh, the 2003 Michigan, Minnesota game. That's uh, do you have one. any other member, some of your other, uh, fondest memories from fondest or, or, uh, Flushmore memories well. in the Metrodome? <laughs> My buddies and I, we had we had uh, season tickets for the Gophers, and uh, um, our, our, I don't know if you remember, but down the third baseline where the Twins, um, their their bullpen was, uh, you know, it wasn't an actual bullpen. They were literally on the side of the field there, 
but they had like a little ledge like to protect the players that sat right there. So during the football games, that's where our seats were. So that we like, that was like our cup holder. That was our, our drink holder. We'd put our, you know, our beers and stuff up there. Um, and you know, the gophers were, were so bad sometimes that we would eventually, you know, we would go like halftime. We would head up to, the, I don't know if you've ever heard of the rally room. The rally no, room was a bar right behind the, the metronome press box. Oh, good times. Good times in the rally room. I have <laughs> good memories of being in there. So it was actually in the metronome? Yeah, it was right right behind okay. the press box. And it was, I don't know if it was necessarily open to everybody, but like they seemed to know us and they were like, hey guys, come on in. You know, they just wave us through. Um, my buddy who kind of owned our tickets was kind of a bit of a high roller. So I'm wondering if that had something to do with it. But I remember one of my favorite things was walking out of the Metrodome when the twins would win a game and they would play U2 is a beautiful day. I just, I missed that. That That's one, one thing. Um, I know I went to a couple of the, uh, the, the playoff games in the early two thousands um, being there. Um, yeah. I have a lot of Metrodome is where I saw my first professional baseball game, you know, Um yeah, it was it was it was a dump, but it was our dump, you know. Um, you you can it's like that scene from Animal House is you know he can't you can't he can't make fun of our pledges. Only we can make fun of our pledges, you know. It's <laughs> it was it was our dump, and and I just I had a lot of good memories there, you know. I would have loved to have seen Met Stadium, but yeah, I I would agree because we we've talked about it since we've read this book is like that's where we all saw our first our first baseball game. That's where we you know, grew to unfortunately or unfortunately <laughs> love the twins and, and going to my first game. I remember uh, Corey Kosky got hit in the chest and uh, going home against, against the Royals, Carlos Beltran at a uh, inside the park home run, having my first dome dog. Yeah. Uh, I was more of a black guy home. there. The, the brew brats. I like the brew. Oh. Brats. <laughs> okay. Um, but you know, let you, and you described it per- perfectly. It, it, it was our, it was our dump, you know, it was, they, Cross. Minnesota made it their home. I, I would have loved to been old enough or yeah, old enough to see them in 91 or 87, win the world series, just to see how loud that place got when they've, they recorded the final out or they hit, uh, they score the final run in, in 91. Yeah, I, I didn't go to any of those games. I think I watched them on TV, but um, yeah, I remember that was like the, my my main memory of that one though is like I have pictures of the parade, but I wasn't there. So like, and my parents deny it to this day. Like they went to the parade. This is what I think happened. They went to the parade and left me at school. And I oh, we have these pictures. Like, why do we have pictures of the parade? And my mom, they just, they won't admit it <laughs> <laughs> to this day. Still. It's like, how do you have pictures of the parade? You clearly were there. One of you was clearly there and you left me in school. Like these Polaroids didn't take themselves. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the worst part about it is there's a picture like she, cause my mom was notorious for taking pictures of your friends and then saying, here, go give them this picture of them. Right. And you'd be like, Oh, I gotta go give this picture to my friend. Right. One of my friends was at the parade. She took a picture of him and he's in the picture. 
And I'm like, why is that guy there? Why do you have a picture of him? And I'm at school. <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, they they probably were pos- positive thinking that, oh, the Twins just won it in 91. You know, we're, we're not going to go this long of a drought without another championship here. Yeah, but... it's Daniel's senior year. We'll leave him in class today. <laughs> oh, oh, you were a senior in high school that oh, year. Oh, in 91, yes. That's a, 91. Oh, that's that even is a worse. perfect senior skip day. <laughs> oh, my gosh, no. <laughs> a sen- your senior skip day in October. You're right. I don't, I don't know. I still haven't. I've never gotten the truth out of him. That might be an honorable mention to be in the in the book for the next heartbreak. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think we found the next one that we need. We need that blank page, Dan. Speaking speaking of other, um, ha, have you and your wife been able to work out your your differences with uh, the her Mike Madonna jersey? It's still in the box. It hasn't come out of the box. I put it back in the okay. box, and it's uh, it's down in the basement somewhere. Yeah, my and so one my wife, zero. She she. Like since then, we've gone to uh, the wild, did like a meet and greet with Madonna when he came back to be like an executive or whatever. So we went and did a meet and greet with him. You know, I got it. It was like her little Christmas present because she's, you know, if if she had a top five list, Mike Madonna would be number one, you know, the, the get out of jail free card. He'd be number one on her list. Nice. So uh, we took her for, you know, Christmas and, and uh, they gave us, they gave you like North Stars jerseys with Madonna on the back. Or t-shirts, I said should say it was part of the package deal and everything. But but yeah, when I found that jersey, I'm like, what the heck is this? You know, and not so much that it's Madonna, but that it's Dallas. Like for me as a Minnesota fan, I, I don't know if you heard me say it earlier, and I'm sorry if somebody here's a Dallas fan, but you know, Dallas can suck it. You got Drew Pearson, you got Herschel Walker, you got Norm Green. You, just there's so many historical things where we. Minnesota, they just beat us in the you know the playoffs, you know. So I'm uh, I'm very anti Dallas. So when I found that, and you guys, I you know clearly communicated how much it hurt me when the North Stars left to find a Dallas Stars jersey in my wife's stuff. You're like, what is this? You know, discovering <laughs> something inappropriate. <laughs> so which uh, um, now, and I this is probably um, d- a dumb question here, but. Which one was worse, the the Herschel Walker trade or the Wild guaranteeing full contracts, which they're still paying for Suter and or I don't think they are anymore, or for Suter or Parise? I, I think they still are for another year. Or they so. are. They got another okay. Two it years is or one year on it yeah, because I, of the. I, it was two. originally supposed to be over in 2023, but when they decided to cut bait with them because Suter was such a locker room cancer, they added more time to the bill. I think it's I think it's two years, guys. I think it is too. I think it's two. Oh. It'll be twenty twenty five by the time Billy G finally has some <laughs> some room to um, maneuver this roster. No. Some modern day Bobby Bonilla contract. Oh boy, <laughs> there are, or you could say Bobby Bonilla like because they're still paying Bobby Bonilla. Steve Young had one of those too when he was with the USFL. I think it was like forty five years or something they signed him for. That's... I mean. Obviously, knowing it wasn't going to last that long, but but yeah, he was uh, before he came to the NFL. Well, didn't Magic Johnson right. sign like a twenty-five year, twenty-five it was twenty-five million years, twenty-five million dollar contract? Yeah, it was it was a lifetime contract. But I he he didn't help. 
hold them hostage like uh like like the uh, the two wild players are um but since you brought up Steve Young here this was <laughs> the, this was the point a, a big point of contention i don't know if contention's the right word but we 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 can be dramatic here so what was the 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 Steve Young run and this is one that my dad remembers he's like they had him and they just couldn't tackle him so here's why because you guys were saying, you know what, you this is just a great play by a Hall of Famer. You know, why is this bother anybody? Well, and I'm I hate to be ageist, but you guys are I'm a little older than you. Okay. When I was a kid, every highlight they played, every every highlight show on the, when you're watching the the football, they would show that Steve Young highlight or a Barry San every Barry Sanders highlight they show is bound to have him running over some Vikings and they played it repeatedly. And I got to the point where it was like, geez, why are they constantly showing the Vikings getting, you know, it's where I started to believe that we maybe weren't as good as we thought we were. And it's like, it, it just, it, it was, they constantly showed it. And and not only that, it had playoff implications because we ended up losing to San Francisco later on anyways. And did they win the Super Bowl that year? Does that sound right? I think could I could be, be um, but it just, it was one of those things where it was, it was constantly in our faces and in rubbing it in. And you guys probably never saw that because you guys weren't born yet, but they constantly showed that highlight and it was always on TV always. And we're just like, Oh good. There's Steve young again. Oh good. There's Steve young running all over us again. And it was, it just, it was uh, for Minnesota fans. It was, it was difficult to watch constantly. Oh, uh, that, that makes sense. Cause now that you say that it does seem like there are a lot of Barry Sanders highlights against the Vikings. always against the Vikings. <laughs> Pay attention next time. You'll see. It's either, I mean, granted, the, they're in the same division. You're going to have a lot of those, but it, but yeah, with Barry Sanders, it's either the Vikings or, or the Cowboys that one famous run against the Cowboys. Yep. Yeah. That was the last time that Detroit won a playoff game, actually. And it almost felt like, why are they picking on us by continually showing this? You know, like, (laughs) why? why, Leave us alone. Quit picking on us. (laughs) No, that's that's fair. After years and years of abuse of seeing that same play, I get it. Well, and I think a lot of people, like, uh, you know, think the Michael Vick run might have been even worse, you know. I Mm. can't remember. It was was a Monday night game. and It 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 was a Sunday afternoon game. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, I remember my dad, my dad and I, we left at left in the third court, left at like left the house at the like in the third quarter to go golf. And we got back into the clubhouse and we went to go check to see if the Vikings were uh, see if the Vikings won. And there are a couple of Viking fans and they were sitting there like Vikings win. <laughs> and they they go, no, Michael Vick <laughs> just ran ran away from everybody. And uh, two dudes ran into each overtime. other. Yeah. <laughs> and, they, and they just always use it as like kind of like the mess the message was that we it was just a dysfunctional team you know and and it was a blunder and they would always put it out there as like a blunder and it was just it, it was like piling on at some point you know no no pun intended so and you know like you said we we weren't alive for it but from when the vikings their their last super bowl whatever year that was to about like nope i lost you i can't hear you dylan yeah oh yeah we yeah he doesn't know we can't hear him can't hear you bud 
<laughs> oh, I'm going to text him. Okay. Can't hear you. Can't hear you. I think he's figuring it out now. Yeah. Oh, there it is. God, this poor, this poor kid. It's always, it's always something up with him. With an, oh, unfortunately, now we lost him, Dan. Well, you know, let's some, make our own podcast. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes Dylan, he he's not on the right internet connection. Oh. And then, like, it cuts out or something like that, and you're just like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Where in Western? Where are you? So I'm in, I'm in Plymouth. Okay, so yep. you're closer to me. I'm in, I'm yes. in Inverell. Yeah, I'm a plumber. Where in Western North Dakota is he? So he's in Dickinson. Oh, I have um, tons of friends in Dickinson. Yeah, so he's okay, there. there. He is. I mixer decided to take a dump on me. So oh, fun. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why or why it just decided to the sound just decided to quit. But um, yeah, so I'm back. I don't know if you heard my heard my question, Dan, not, or not. You, not at all. Okay, but so from 78 to about the mid-90s, what was kind of the word on the street with the with the Vikings? Were they, you know, a perennial contender? Were they a bottom feeder? Were they, you know, a team that you, you expected them to be in the playoffs? Kind of what they, they are now. They talented enough to make the playoffs, but not talented enough to win the Super Bowl. What were what was that those Viking years like? Well, for a while there, like in the late, I mean – kind of after all those guys kind of retired and moved on and in the late seventies there, you know, they weren't very good. And that's why a lot of people thought, you know, Grant was looking at retiring, you know, and then they brought in Steckel and his awful year. Um, But, you know, as they got towards the mid and late eighties, they, they were kind of a contender and the common theory was that they were a running back away, you know, and that's why they went through everything at Dallas to get Ursa Walker, even though they had, you know, Darren Nelson, um, which he was, in, I think he was involved in the trade. Like they sent him, he ended up in San Diego or, and then eventually came back. Or I don't remember, but, uh, but yeah, but that's, that was the common thought was they were, they were one player away, you know, and uh, that didn't work out so well either. I've heard rumors that they, they used Herschel wrong. Um, you know, you, you, you asked me earlier, which one was worse, you know, I, for me, I, Herschel's probably, you know, and we have this debate now when people talk about Rudy, the Rudy Gobert trade. And I mean, until the Utah Jazz, when uh, the three championships from it, I mean, Jimmy Johnson was a freaking genius. I mean, if you watch, read some of the stuff on it, they, he called it, he said, I just committed the great train robbery. You know, he knew ahead of time what he had done and what he was going to do with all those picks. And most people don't even realize it could have been worse. Like, he could have gotten more of the Vikings picks. And what, six months after the trade, Jimmy Johnson met with Mike Lynn and they had to negotiate like a band-aid to get it to stop. Like Johnson could have gotten more. It could have been worse. And then what he, not only that, but what he took and did with those picks, you know, and all the players he drafted and built three freaking Super Bowls with that, that Dallas team. I mean, I don't know how anybody can, and this goes back to that Cleveland thing. How do you, how do you argue bad trades with a Vikings fan? You just can't, you're going to lose. There's most people think it's the worst trade in the history of sports in the entire planet. You know, it's just, it's, 
it's it's phenomenal, phenomenally bad. Yeah, well, because I mean, there's a lot of times you see blockbuster trades, and you know, occasionally they can go 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 win a Super Bowl. But the fact that Dallas was able to do it three out of four years, and now they're 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 a mess. But you know, we're we're not talking about Dallas heartbreak. We're talking about Minnesota heartbreak. <laughs> Sorry if you're That's a Dallas a- fan. My bad. Yeah. It is. It is what it is. Anything anybody's ever said about the Cowboys, I've said about them myself. So, <laughs> you you can ask Grant. There were a couple of couple of rough moments here early in the year after preseason game, start of the year, and then now I've I've found myself I'm defending Mike McCarthy and referring to Sean Payton as skinny Mike McCarthy with a better PR rep. So, you know, I after week I, after week one. If you would have told me you were saying that, I would have called you insane and sent you to the loony bin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. And then all of a sudden, that they somehow are made it to the divisional round. Then Dak decided to throw it to the other team. And but we're, we're talking Minnesota sports here. <laughs> so, um, you know, Dan, um, did you ever get to see a game at Memorial Stadium? Did not. Um, no. They had they had already torn. I mean, they what did they early eighties? They moved to the dome. The Gophers moved to the dome. Um, I remember driving by it a couple times as a kid, but I never, never got to go there. Another kind of regret, for sure. The old horseshoe. Yeah, I wonder, I've I've seen one game on. Uh, they had an old replay of in the seventies, late seventies, early eighties of when the Gophers played Ohio State, and that was the only footage I've ever seen in that stadium do you do you know anything what would it, what that stadium stadium was like did they sell that place out did it get loud we're out here i think so i mean i don't know i haven't heard too many stories from there um but I'm, I'm pretty sure it was pretty darn popular i mean even when they eventually moved people were kind of there was a big what's the word i'm looking for people were upset they wanted to keep football on campus you know and which was the right decision you know because mm-hmm. moving to the dome just proved to be uh not you know what would lou, lou holtz the kids want to play in the dome man they didn't they really didn't um and and i i think it was uh it was you know you talk about lost weekends well that was a lost you know couple decades for the gophers and uh it's good to have football back on campus how do you how much different do you think gophers football is if lou holtz doesn't get a call from notre dame It would I, I I mean, does Nebraska eighty four twelve happen? Does you know? I just you know he's going to draw names. You know he's going to get. You know we're going to have different recruits. It's it's going to be. I mean, who knows? On the same note, too, it's Minnesota sports. We probably could have. You know, we probably still would have. You know, it could go either way. I, I don't. I don't know. You could say the same thing about John Wooden. Is he going to yeah. get the same players that he got? To Minnesota that he that he got in UCLA, it's just a different back backyard. The talent's the talent's <laughs> so different from Los Angeles to Minneapolis. One of my friends says that snowstorm is the best thing to ever happen to John Wooden. here. <laughs> <laughs> that's a quote that's, from a teacher I work with. That's fantastic. I love that, it. Uh, <laughs> 
Um, and another one that I thought could have been on this Gophers list was I don't I don't remember the exact year, but I, Barry Alvarez was still the coach. I want to say it might have been Barry Alvarez's last year as head coach, and because uh, Bielema was the D coordinator, it was a game where the the Gophers led the entire game, and then they had a this. Uh, they were punting to go, yep. punting the ball to Wisconsin. I was there. And they closed. <laughs> All right, take us through that one. Well, so from my perspective, remember, I told you where we sat. We were in like the first row, right? And so you can't really, you're not high enough to really see what's happening. And when they snapped the ball, it looked to us like the punter was trying to run to the side just to kind of kill some clock a little bit before he, he kicked it away. But in reality, he had dropped it. Um, and so at that point, like I was like super mad. I was at that point, I was in kind of my anti Mason phase. I just, uh, you know, Mason would, and, and I regret this, by the way, if I could, I, I, I would apologize to him if I uh, ever ran into him for bringing fire Mason signs to the dome. But, um, I was just, I was, my bias had just, God, what is Mason doing? He's just trying to just pump the ball away. You're overthinking things, you know? So in my, that's my memory from that game was what are you doing? And I think they got a piece of it. The punter, the, they blocked part of it, or it was just a terrible kick or whatever. And then they, they marched down the field and, and got points and won the game. And it was just like, why are we overthinking this? Just pump the ball and kick it away. But I was totally wrong, but that's, that's, that's my memory from it. You know, I, I was, but again, we were, it was on the other end of the field and we were at basically at field level. So it was hard to see what happened. Yeah. Well, and that was, maybe that was Mason's last year actually as, as head coach. I can't remember if it was, but it was, it was around that time. I don't remember when Alvarez's last year year was I either. Think, but... I think Alvarez's last year Dylan was the fall of 2005. Let me look and okay. see if I can find it real quick here. Because it is on the calendar. It just didn't maybe make the book. Okay. But it's, it's definitely on the calendar. Like I said, I'm Yeah. And that and 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 then they ended up um I guess what was uh what was kind of your uh your your uh distaste for Mason towards the end? What was some of the It was just the lack of defense. Like even in that, that Michigan game, it was, you know, you you're up by whatever many points and you can't, it was, and they ran the same play. It was a screen pass every play and they knew it was coming and they couldn't stop it. I mean, Mason would always brag about, well, we've got, you know, 2000 yard rushers and not many teams can say that. Well, you're giving up 3000 on defense, you know, mm-hmm. you, you, you couldn't stop anybody. He was a great offensive coach, but I mean, the defensive coordinator should have been fired after that Michigan game. Um, here it is right here. 2005. October 15th, leading 34-31 with 30 seconds left. Minnesota's punt is blocked by Wisconsin in the end zone, and they lose 38-34. So it was 2005. Ooh. Okay. So, and Mason was and- fired in, in 2006, the next season, after the Insight Bowl. Yeah, That's with, right. against yeah. Texas Tech, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, that was uh... – that was when, yeah, NDSU, NDSU should have beat him that year too. They and I'm mad at Craig Bowl for punting the ball away there. He or what did he go for a field goal in the last? He should have kept driving. Who uh, who were who are you cheering for that day? I was probably cheering for NDSU because all of my buddies that our season ticket group, we all went to NDSU together. 
you know, we're all in a fraternity together. Oh. We're all from the cities. We're all Gophers fans. But when NDSU comes to town, you know. Well, I was I was at that NDSU Gopher game the following year when NDSU won when the Gophers yeah. roughed the punter. Tyler but, Roll. Yep, and didn't get yeah. didn't get a chance to get the ball back because they roughed him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fun times. Yeah. I remember following that game on TV because Big Ten Network was like a it year was old. On Big Ten Network, yeah. And we didn't have it yet, so I was I was just I could only follow it back on the ticker here, mm. where it was like it just my eyes were glued. Just 20, 27, 21. Come on, five minutes, and and it just kept going and going, and it refused to update. So I had no idea of what who was with it or what yeah. the score was. But then finally it went final and NDSU uh, NDSU won because there was a there was a guy he was obviously older than me but he was playing he was a freshman that year that played on that team that NDSU team. Well, now they won't oh. play NDSU again. Nope. I oh I, I'm well I I got into it with a couple of Gopher fans a while back about it. They're sensitive and, about it. Oh, very well, go very very sensitive fan base. Some of them. Yep. Some of them, <laughs> um, but we can, uh, uh, you know, we we talked about having a Mount Rushmore and a Mount Flushmore for you. Okay, Dan, I got my list. We did, a Mount, we did a Mount Rushmore with Ross, and um, let's. Uh, I I'm interested to hear what your Mount Rushmore of uh, Minnesota sports are. Okay, so baseball. So I kind of divided it by sport. Okay. Okay. And I think for baseball, you got to have Kirby Puckett. Kirby Puckett was a special athlete. He was, he was the guy that said, you know, jump on my back, guys. I'm gonna, I'm gonna win this. And he, he's, you know, he's everything, you know, the the non-clutch players that we worship, you know, are are not. He's he's, and it's he's so original. sad and tragic. Um, I, I just without him, we don't win those two World Series. Um, and uh, anyways, I Kirby Puckett's uh, has to be on my I, my. Because uh, I mean, those are our two major championships, right? I mean, yeah, Kirby Puckett, and he's the reason. There's no other reason. You can debate it, but it's it's not. Um, I for hockey, I have Neil Broughton. Um, he's from Minnesota. He's uh, the first American-born player to have 100 points in a season. Um, USA Olympic 1980 cred. Um, I think to me that one's pretty self-explanatory. Um, for basketball, this is, I kind of actually, and I, I'm going to, I kind of made five choices because I feel like there needs to be a women's choice for basketball because of the links. And again, talking hometown heroes, you got Lindsay Whalen. So if, if I was allowed a fifth one, I would choose Lindsay Whalen. But if I was only allowed, uh, 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 uh you know, four, maybe George Mikan, George Mikan brought four, five. NBA championships in the uh, late fifties and uh, uh, the late fifties, mid, mid to late fifties. Um, and yes, they became the Lakers, but I mean, those, I mean, those and the twins and, and, you know, the links are the only championships, you know, major championships we have. So, um, and if we're talking Vikings, I struggled with this one. I, I think you, you, I de- debated the defensive players like Marshall and page um, but Jim Marshall, Jim Marshall was, you know, he's an iron man. He played however, so many games without 270, amazing. 270, oh amazing. 
Um, he he leads the. I think he still leads the league in defensive fumbles recovered. I think I, there's a stat like that. So I really struggled with this one, but I think I think you got to go Bud Grant on on this one. Um, in my opinion. So that's my positive Mount Rushmore. Mm-hmm. So feel free to flame away on that. We so Bud Grant was. I know he was in mine. Bud Grant, my my Lindsey Whalen, uh, Ethan and Ross both had her in theirs um in my my mount rushmore it was it was kirby puckett uh bud grant because you know I, it wouldn't be a minnesota sports list if we didn't have somebody on there that didn't win a title bud grant you know one of the best great coach probably the godfather of minnesota sport football um herb brooks and i'm trying to think who my fourth one was her Brooks would have been a good one too. Yeah, um, I, I would accept that amendment, but still like my. I, I now I'm drawing a blank here of who my who my fourth one was. It was Kirby Puckett, Her Brooks, Bud Grant. Oh, and uh, Sid Hartman. Sid Hartman. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, yes. You know, I, I gotta say, I grew up hating Sid Hartman, hating him. <laughs> Okay, because we would hear him on the radio, and all he would do is blow smoke up, you know, the Twins fans' rear ends and talk about positive things when they really weren't. Um, And it just turned the screws with me, just what a homer he was. Having said that, now that I spend my time pouring through old newspapers and reading all the stuff that he did and all the stuff he did to document Minnesota sports. So a rube like me can sit in my little office here and access old newspapers from home and make snarky comments online. You realize, you know, just what he did do for Minnesota sports and all the stuff that he actually documented that, you know, um, I'm just saying, I, I, I respect what he did, even though I didn't always agree with him. Well, he's he's forgotten more Minnesota sports than any 100%. any of us have, have ever known. It would have been that would have been a cool uh, cool person to sit down and listen to him just hit, hit record and let him just tell stories. Mm-hmm. I don't know that you might you might actually regret that. I've heard that he's uh, he wasn't the most pleasant person to be around. So. <laughs> okay, so you might you might want to reevaluate that. Yeah. But you, um, you mentioned Kirby Puckett. What do you, what do you remember about him the most, as far as the way he played, how he, how he was, um, you know, why, what made him a, a fan favorite? I just look at it as he was one of those guys that was, um, he was a game changer. I mean, I know we we can have this debate about Kirk Cousins and how clutch he is, and I'll roll my eyes. Um, Kirby was one of those guys who was he was clutch. And it's just not something you can teach. It's not something you can work on as a skill. There are some players that are just winners. I felt when Brett Favre came here, that's kind of why I was believing again is like, we have one of those clutch players. I mean, after that Greg Lewis thing in the end of the back of the end zone and, but Kirby was that guy he was. And honestly, I feel like until we get one of those guys, like our teams probably can't get there until we have one of those clutch players guys and i just don't i don't feel like we do we haven't had one you know since i mean well i thought far was but we really haven't had one since kirby's been here and that's our last championship 1991 for major men's sports you know 
So he he was just a winner. He was a winner. Absolutely. Um, I don't know. I'm, I, I've turned into a big Anthony Edwards fan. Maybe he can be the next one. I'm hoping so. The, the get Cat out of there, and we're, we're going to find out. Because I'm I'm not not also not a Wolves fan. The only Minnesota sports team I actually cheer for is the Twins. But all my friends are Vikings fans. I got a, Grant and Ethan both live in the cities, so like. For the most part, if I cheered for a, if I had a second favorite team, my second favorite team for football would probably be the Vikings. Second favorite team would probably be the Wolves. I guess you could say the Wild are my favorite hockey team, but I don't even watch them in the playoffs. So um, it's basically in name only. But I watching Anthony Edwards is, is that he, he's a dude. And well, you I, have, I you really, have to look at it this way too. I mean. Since they drafted Cat, and again, I don't think he's a bad player. I just don't think he's the guy you build the team around. But since he's come to this team, since they drafted him, they have literally changed everything. They've changed the roster. They've had five GMs. They've had four coaches. Heck, they've even changed owners at this point. Mm-hmm. They've literally changed everything in the organization except one thing, and it's still not working. Him. And I know that's just a generalization and you could throw all the numbers at it. You want, I just, if he's okay being a a number two and not being the focus and not have, you know, being the guy, I'm okay keeping him, but I just don't see that after you've kind of told him he's the guy for seven, eight years. You know, I just. Well, the biggest thing with him is because he, he is, he's a solid player, but I cannot handle watching him every time down the court. His constant arms up, crying about not getting a getting a foul call. Just play basketball, go mm-hmm. up strong. You're gonna get the calls eventually. Like just, just shut up and play. Yeah. <laughs> um, but now let's uh, let's uh, let's try to wrap up here. Okay. Um, is um, so we, we do what we do one question that isn't sports related. Okay. At the end, we'll save that. But let's go. Let's go to the Mount Flushmore, Minnesota sports. Now. Okay. It's, it's so my, my Mount Flushmore, if you guys have seen my Twitter profile, I actually literally have a graphic that I've created of my Mount Flushmore. Um, and uh, it's got uh, the first person on there is Norm Green. Um, and as I uh, stated earlier, it's not, I, I don't believe he is responsible for the, the conditions of why I mean he's responsible for moving the team. He is, and he'll always be remembered that way. I mean, he was dealing with a certain situation, but he's one of the most hated villains in Minnesota sports. I don't know how he could not be on a Mount Flush. Mm-hmm. My um Timberwolves selection is Glenn Taylor, just for and here's the thing: I you struggle with Glenn Taylor because without Glenn Taylor, the Timberwolves would be in uh Louisiana, they'd be in New Orleans. He swooped in and bought the team, so he did do good stuff some, like some, something good right and he he saved the team from leaving okay but since then he's done so many things just shooting us in the foot looking into andrew wiggins eyes and giving him a max contract and the the joe smith thing and and just so so many so I mean, you, you got to have him on on your list um i have calvin griffith on my list um for the twins just because the the legendary stories of him being cheap and he, he would trade players because he didn't want to pay him. He wasn't interested in winning. He was interested in, in balancing his checkbook. Um, and that philosophy, in my opinion, uh, stays with the Twins today. 
Um, and there's some documented stuff of him being, you know, saying some racist things about, uh, Rod Carew. Um, and uh, just, uh, uh, so if you're talking bad folks, he's got to be on that list. And then obviously for the Vikings, for me, it's Mike Lynn for making that Herschel Walker trade. Okay. Mm -hmm. All, all great selections. Um, I'll go is, uh, you know, I, I have a I have a twins owner on here, but it, it is not Kelvin Griffith. I have Carl Polad. I'll allow it. <laughs> without without Kel, without Kelvin Griffith, there is no baseball in Minnesota. Whether that's a good or bad thing, we can debate. Do we determine? But you know the uh, contracted refusal to pay. Um, they get a new stadium and they don't re-sign their two marquee players. 100%. Johan Santana, just continuous cheapness, and it's haunting them today. Hundred percent. And, and I, I joked for a while that I wouldn't cheer for the Twins until the Polats sold the team, but here I am, ready to be hurt again. <laughs> and, uh, hey, Michael Scott. Yep. It's uh, like you're living here. It's like you're living here, Dylan. It's pretty much. <laughs> it's like you're one of us. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> um, my next one is I have I have David Kahn, former Wolves GM. Um, <laughs> you know, mostly mostly for the 2009 NBA draft where he drafts three point guards and Johnny one Flynn. of them is <laughs> and then he drafts the third one he drafts is one that doesn't even it doesn't even play for the Wolves. Ricky Rubio, it took two years. We don't really know. He got hurt. I mean, he was a solid player, but yeah, not Steph Curry. But, you know, you could also make the argument similar to um, a number of players that, you know, you know, similar to John Wooden, the snowstorm was the best thing to happen to his David career. David Kahn might have been the best thing to ever happen yep. to Steph Curry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then... I have the um, I have Chuck Fletcher, the Wild GM, who gave mm. who, who signed the Parise and Suter contracts, which are still haunting the Wild. Um, and I wish I would have known this before, and I might actually amend this. Is with the the Chuck Fletcher, I might switch it over to the Mike Lynn because it is the worst trade in sports, the Herschel Walker trade. Mm -hmm. So. That's what I'll do. I'll cross off Chuck Flesher and put Mike Lynn. So, Chuck, if you're listening, you're welcome. You're not on the Mount Flushmore of Minnesota sports. <laughs> the last one, we're going to go down to the college ranks, and I, I'm going to put Tim Brewster on there. Now, good selection. He, you know, uh, uh, you know, this is what Dan asked for when he was bringing Fire Glen signs to the Metronome. Oh. Dylan, do not put this on. Be careful Dan. what you wish for. My mother would always say that to me. Be oh my what you wish for. God. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, he thought that they didn't need to recruit locally. He thought they were good enough to recruit nationally. I don't even know. I don't know where he came from. But by all accounts, anyone who has ever said anything about Tim Brewster, I've never heard anybody say a nice thing about him. Um, now he's the D coordinator with Dion. Dion. Dion probably says nice things about him. No, he's he's the tight ends yeah. coach. 
or the tight ends coach, like associate head coach or something. Which is the Deion title Hall. he's had every year since like 2013 at every school he's gone to. He's the tight ends coach, associate head coach, and recruiting coordinator. Um, Go get and, there. And just, uh, I heard just not a nice person, very arrogant. There's not many positive things to be said about him. And him trying to bring in national recruits sent the Gophers program back, further back from what they were. Um, you know, at least with Glenn Mason, it felt like they were somewhat in that, you know, that middle tier bowl range with Tim Brewster. I think they made it to maybe one bowl. And after that, he was fired a or two, lost to multiple FCS teams. And they ignored a bunch of recruits that the NDSU got. Yep. Yep. Thank and you, the, Tim yep. Brewster. So he might, maybe he's on the, the NDSU Mount Rushmore of which, which started a dynasty. It's a good way to look at it. <laughs> so, man, Minnesota is responsible for a dynasty in the 1990s in the NFL and the most dominant run in FCS football history. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. I, I like that spin zone I just did in my head there. So, I guess thanks, Tim, but you're still on the Mount Flushmore Minnesota sports. So that's that's mine. Now, Grant, it's over to you. Dylan, I have a question. Did you look at my notes? <laughs> I did not. <laughs> We're four for four. Dead ass. Is um, it really? Absolutely. When you said Fletcher, I was like, yes, we're going to be different. And then you go, no, Mike Lynn, worst trade in professional sports. And I was like, there's no way he's going to get this last one. And as soon as you said, we're going to go down to the college ranks. I was like, it's over. It's done. That was the one I thought I was going to have where people were like, oh, son of a bitch. That makes sense. But that's one thing that I, I, I college football, that, that's, that's my niche. So to, I, that's one thing I know about. To, uh, to continue the Tim Brewster bashing, because we'll start there. <laughs> um, he, you know, he says, hey, we're going to come in. We're going to win the Rose Bowl. Not we're going to change the culture. Not we're going to oh, get better players. Such a tool. Uh, you're you're going to be proud of the young men we um, that they become when they leave this program. We're going to win the Rose Bowl. Well, Tim, I looked up your record. You were 15 and 30 overall. <laughs> you were 0 and 2 in bowl games against the top 25. He was 0 and 8. And catch this, Big Ten record of 6 and 21. Hey, if you want to go hunt the bear, you got to be ready to get the bear. No winning seasons in the Big Ten. One he winning... was so bad, he gave Richrod a win. One winning season overall. And the worst part for Minnesota fans, no wins over Iowa or Wisconsin. And on our back I... will be an axe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> didn't, uh, didn't the year they fired him, didn't Iowa or Minnesota go and beat Iowa? Well, they beat him the next year. Or was the next year? Okay. Jerry's first Kill- year. Yeah, Jerry's oh, first year at TCF. Um, and then, yeah, with, like I said, Mike Lynn orchestrated the Herschel Walker trade. And just to think what Dallas got, guys. In 1990, a first and a sixth-round pick. 1991, a first and a second. And in 92, a first, a second, and a third. And it could have been worse. And it could have been worse. That is just – it's unforgivable. Um when they eventually have a class on how not to be a professional sports GM, Mike Lynn will be on the cover of that textbook holding up the Herschel Walker purple 34 Jersey (laughs) (laughs) at the press conference. 
Um, and Dylan, like you said, David Kahn, um, you know, not once, not twice, but not once, but twice you step, step, skip on Steph Curry. And in one draft, you take three players from the same position. Yep. It's not like they got a, a combo guard or a slashing guard, three point guards, three guys who need the ball. and They need to facilitate like, and Kevin Love, like what Dan said, Kevin Love tweeted later that night. What are we doing after the 18th <laughs> pick? What? What? And then during that time, they were just like I said, they were their worst organization in professional sports. So thank you, David Kahn. For and David that. Kahn still thinks he's smarter than you. Just so you know, he does. I love how much Dan Barrero just absolutely oh. bashes on Kahn. It's it's fantastic. You know how but like him and him and Mason are now kind of like. Uh, buddies, you know, even though they were contentious when Mason was here and they call it Mason your face. Yes. I keep kind of prodding Dan that maybe he should make friends with Khan and oh, then they could gosh. call it Mir in your ear, you know, like the Meerkat. <sighs> the Mir in your ear and they could bring Mir back. Oh, that would, be, back. that would be some bumper to bumper that I'd listen to for three and a half hours. 100%. It would go back, it would go past in like 30 minutes. David Khan, he's not, is he, is he a GM somewhere? He can't be. No. Oh God. Okay. They, I think they kicked him out of the NBA. They exiled him. David Stern said, "No, you're done. You're 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 done." <laughs> <laughs> Not they should have. Um, yeah. And then Dylan, like you said, Carl Polad, that old cheap bastard. Um, just to watch Johan, Tori, uh, David Ortiz, Jack Morris all leave when you own the team, and then like Dylan like said, the worst part: we finally get an outdoor stadium in Minnesota. We did it. We're getting the farmer's tan. And then Torrey Hunter and Johan leave that offseason because we want to build to 2010. Really, Carl? I'm actually glad you guys are uh, you guys think that way because sometimes when I say those things, because Twins fans are about as sensitive as Gopher fans. And when, like, I got into a Twitter battle, you know, just yesterday by talking about the Arise versus, you know, the, the pitching situation. And it's just like, it, it's still – it's still prevalent today. The same philosophy is there. They're 17th in payroll. No, yes, you can still win a, a World Series, but it's not as likely unless you're in, you know, top 10 in payroll. Uh-huh. And it's just, so I'm, I'm just, I appreciate you guys having a similar perspective and, and not. Uh, and even the like when and Carl, the and Carl, he, he also agreed to not, he agreed to sell the team. But then you know that got that got reversed. But at one point he said, "Yeah, it was I don't all want to get his stadium. It was yeah. all ploy." Yeah. So it's just like, you know, he just and I, I think this is true. I could be wrong, but when it comes to total value for what they're worth, isn't Polad the richest owner in baseball? Like one their family, them. or one you know, them. maybe top, maybe not anymore with Magic and the people that they got in Los Angeles. Well, the Twins diehards will tell you that you know the. Twins books show that they just can't afford, you know, their, their percentage of their payroll is higher than, you know, other teams revenue. And just, it's a bunch of crap. Just stop. Uh, it's like, stop drinking the juice. You losers. Oh my God. It's like a well, cult and they need deprogramming. He's just a cheap well, old man. For the last 20 years of my life, I've been told that the twins have the best farm system in all of the major uh, leagues. Don't even get me going on the prospects. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's like, well, we you got to build the farm system. I want to see it. I want to see a champion. What are you going to do with it? it? Spend money. If you have the money, what's, you know, uh, Aaron I Rodgers. Don't, I don't want to go watch single-A baseball in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. I Listen, wanna... you, can, you can say your philosophy is that you, you, you're going to develop prospects, but then once they mature, you can't let them go sign with other teams. 
And when you do that, it's it's you're 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 shooting yourself in the foot. You're doing well, you're doing the dirty work for other organizations. I interrupted you, Grant. I'm sorry. But like oh. to Dylan's point on the best farm system, I don't want to watch these young kids in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. I want to see them in Minneapolis. Hundred percent. And well, the other part too is, is you know, like we said, Polads are one of the richest in in baseball. But you know to Go to go to enemy territory and quote Aaron Rodgers. What's the point of having fuck you money if you're not going to use it? Exactly. <laughs> so, did you guys have any honorable mentions for uh, for your for your Mount Flushmore list? I had one. I or I had two. I should say. Oh, I I, I, I an do athlete too. On there, um, in you could make the sense for Gary Anderson, but. Also didn't miss a kick except that one. Um, they don't get there without him. You could make that argument. 100%. Uh, I'm not going to bury a guy over one mistake. Yeah. No, me neither. Um, no, exactly. Uh, I mean, you could say a guy was a bust. It just it, it didn't work out. But, um, you know, I would say the Metropolitan Sports Commission. Did you, ta- Green. Did you take my notes? Yes, I did. <laughs> I, I teleported to Minneapolis, Grant. This is unbelievable. <laughs> Um, and I, well, yeah, Fletcher mate ended up being on my honorable mention. Calvin Griffith did as well. Uh, uh, the Steckle guy, the Vikings coach. Oh, for sure. Um, it was only for a year, but it was, it was bad. Uh, it was Nathaniel Hackett bad. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Christian Ponder because he blocked my buddy or his wife blocked my buddy on Twitter because he told her. Told her to tell him to stop sucking. <laughs> why? Why Sam Ponder got to be so soft? <laughs> That's right. Because so that was uh, it was, he was going to go to game day. He came to game day with us, and he was going to bring a sign that said "Sam Ponder, please unblock me." <laughs> so Dylan, you had said the Metropolitan Sports Commission, but when I originally made my Mount Flushmore on my graphic. I didn't have uh, Norm Green on there. I had a guy named Bill Lester. Bill Lester was the head of the Metropolitan Sports Commission when the North Stars left. Okay. So that would be my honorable mention. All right. Grant, did you or did you, you, you said I, I took yours. Yeah, well, you know, we had the same thing. So maybe great minds think alike or we're just two hooligans. Um, <laughs> yep. I'll let the people decide. <laughs> this is. This is America. We'll leave it up to, to democracy and a vote. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's, I had I had the media the sports commission also. So all righty, well then let's go to a curveball of the week. Oh, I, so, is, Dylan, oh. I've been thinking this the whole episode. I'm sorry to interrupt. One heartbreak that I may add on there, just because you don't know, um, and you, you feel always feel bad talking about injuries, but Teddy and that knee. Oh yeah. You know, especially no. after he just diced uh, the Chargers in that preseason game before, you felt like he was finally getting comfortable. It just—you don't know what could have been. You, you feel you feel bad for Teddy because he's just a good guy. And so let me let me jump in on that because one of the things I get a lot of suggestions about, like the the Carl Kosulke, uh Vikings motorcycle accident, or you know. Um, Corey Stringer's death or, you know, certain things like Flip Saunders dying, you know, mm-hmm. um, when we, I don't know, I don't know. I don't want to say it. The calendar is supposed to be funny. So I don't, 
I don't like to put that stuff on there because I mean, clearly heartbreaking, but I don't like, I feel like making fun of something like that is obviously not very cool, but yeah, I mean, I totally agree. It's absolutely heartbreaking. <laughs> um, and that's why the Kirby's eye injury did make it into the book. Um, because the, the publisher kind of talked me into it because it is, it was incredibly d- destructive for the team and his career and, um, but, uh, but yeah, I tend to avoid putting those on the daily calendar. Cause I just don't feel comfortable making fun of that stuff, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But yes, oh. I totally agree with, with that being heartbreaking. So, yes. Yeah, so, uh, curveball of the week here. Um, now this is something that's just a random, you know, we, we've had, it goes a whole different number of ways, Dan. So okay. we try to do it non-sports related. So, um, this, this week I have it, we just rotate and this is a, my one is, is, is a task you wish you never had to do again. Something that's tedious, annoying, just something you do not like to do. If I say teaching, will I get fired? No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) Hey, my my mom's a teacher and I, that I, I understand, I understand. I, I shouldn't say I know because I'm not in the classroom, but I, I've I've heard stories and I understand why teachers drink the way they do. Teachers don't do those things. I don't I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, one summer I spent one summer roofing, and Ooh, doggy, and my body's not built for manual labor. Um, <laughs> It was, it was, uh, you'd get done at the end of the day and they'd be like, let's go have a beer. You'd have one beer and you'd, you're, you're just, you're so tired and, and your body's so beat up. I got more respect for people who do manual labor than, than it just, I, I would, I hope I would never have to do something like that. It was so hard, so hard. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of an easy question for me. All righty. <laughs> Sorry. It, it was pretty quick and not a lot of elaboration. But. You know, oh, no, that's I, 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 I've done that job, but occasionally I still do. It's so hard. Like I need to go, need to go to a chiropractor after. You know, when I say this here, guys, it might make me come off as extremely lazy, but that's okay. <laughs> just the simple task of having to vacuum around the house. I just, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it, it just seems so tedious. And I'm just like, can I find anything to just kind of brush this dirt or dog hair underneath and just kind of, you know, it's there, but I don't see it where I'm just like, you know, you got some time off or uh, you just, you want some downtime, but it's like, I'm going to spend my time doing this. And of course these vacuums nowadays, they only hold about this much lint before I got empty them. So I'm going upstairs yeah. all the time, putting it in the garbage. It's just, it's just, it's kind of annoying and it gets into my, my time to just relax. And I just don't like doing it. <laughs> or when your, your wife is actually doing it and like your favorite show is on, right? That one too. <laughs> hey, can you can you be quiet over here? Do this now? Yep. Well, Grant, um, the you know, some you you got to make it fun. You, you got to treat it like it's indoor lawn mowing. So you gotta you gotta mow it. And you make sure you get <laughs> good lines. You know, you can do a diagonal row. You're, you're insinuating that outdoor lawn mowing is fun. Hey, dude. <laughs> I, I just bought a house uh, about a year and a half ago, and no. I, I finally got my first lawnmower. I decided that I don't need my parents to bring theirs over anytime I need it mowed. Huh. So I have it. So I'm still working on it. My lawn is still a disaster, but well, congrats on the house. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. 
got it right before interest rates shot up. So nice. smart. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, but for me, and, and Dan, you really, uh, you really set a high standard. You're gonna make Grant and I both kind of look like pussies here doing the manual labor. But that, that was also, twenty years you know, ago. <laughs> so that manual labor, though, that it, it's. I look back on that though, and you know, it, it was good for me. It was it was something oh. that you know it, it showed you what you what you want to do and what you don't want to do. Yeah, hundred percent. And, and it, it gave you a work ethic, theoretically, for the most part. Mm. Um, but <laughs> we'll use that term loosely. <laughs> it the 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 idea of manual labor is supposed to whether it works or not. It's up to it's a person by person trial basis. And. Uh, uh, um, but for me, I, I would say it, cutting my fingernails, if they would stay at one length the whole time, it's just, <laughs> I know, I, but it just, it gets annoying. It's like, oh, I got to cut these. And then you think about it. And then like a week later, it's like, they're out to here and it's like, and then you never get them cut right. It, you just be like Howard Hughes and just let them grow. People will think I, you're eccentric. But then they get, they, then they just get in the way and they get annoying. Dylan, you're like that Family Guy cutaway when when they talk about the girl on the keyboard with the uh, <laughs> the, the, the acrylics. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm like one of them people because because you, your fingernails are so damn long. Yeah, yeah, but uh, Grant, the the vacuuming or or cleaning, like I I was telling my buddy that I lived with for four and a half years. I said I I'm pretty sure I've cleaned more in the first month of owning my house than I did the four and a half years I lived with him. Well, Dylan, you want to hear something funny? When me, you, and Ethan lived together, um, you know, 2015 to 2016, do you want to know how many times that our rugs were vacuumed? Zero. <laughs> Once. And it was it, it was when we moved out and Caleb had to bring his, his vacuum over because I didn't own one. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yes. Because I, you know, moved in, of course, and you guys were living in Dickinson and Wilmer that summer. So from June 1st, 2015 to like May 30th of 2016, that apartment was vacuumed one time. (laughs) And someone had to come across town because we didn't own a vacuum. (laughs) When Caleb started vacuuming, he goes, Grant, when was the last time you vacuumed? This thing's picking up a lot of dirt. I said, Caleb, we haven't vacuumed once since we moved in. It's college. Why would you? Well, exactly. Yeah. We, don't, we don't need to do that. That was, uh, I think I may have vacuumed like one time. And then, <laughs> and my mom might have vacuumed when they were moving me out too, but maybe she just vacuumed my room itself. Well, because I was still in the living room. I still had yeah. the couch and the coffee table. So um, it was just, that, that was just kind of funny. Talking about vacuuming reminded me of that story in college where we didn't vacuum. <laughs> but. Yes, so Dan, this was a lot of fun. Where can people find your uh, stuff at? Well, the History of Heartbreak book is on Amazon um, and can probably be found in uh, you know wherever books are sold in the bookstores. Um, the Slapshot book can be found on Amazon as well, or the Star Tribune shop has autographed copies, and people can get those there. Okay, awesome. Well, Dan, now now you're a recurring guest, so anytime we ask you to come on, you have to come on now. For sure, that's that's how this works, and. I, I'm looking forward to doing it again. Um, 
maybe at some point down the line we can make this work where we are able to do it in person. Uh, we might have to have a friendly wager when the Gophers in Michigan play this year. It's <laughs> no. Now that they just what uh, is it is it? I know you're trying to end this, but next year what is they they switch the the divisions up now? There's no co- division. No more, no more divisions. Basically, the Gophers never have a shot at winning a, a Big Ten championship again. So, <laughs> that you're you're a lot. Uh, you're not as brave as Ethan is uh, having a wager, but he's delusional. <laughs> Ethan's delusional. <laughs> he's, he's I not know here better. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, thanks again, Dan. I'm looking. We're looking forward 